Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Pastry is a payments technology company, and we work with software companies, and we help them to monetize the payments portion of their software. And we do this while making it really fast, simple, and frictionless to accept payments. That was Jonathan Arst, the CEO of Pastry. This is episode 31 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and Jonathan is our special guest this week. I'm your host, Greg Myers, and I'm honored to have Jonathan on the show this week. Pastry started by partnering with banks, but more recently has been working with software companies in many different verticals, including the unattended payment space, tow truck fleet management, and more. Jonathan has been a strong leader through the pandemic and has kept his team together and focused during these challenging times. Jonathan has a passion for sales and helping businesses and entrepreneurs succeed. On a personal note, he loves the outdoors, surfing, skiing, kiteboarding, and more. We've got a great episode this week, so let's get started. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So let's dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Yeah, happy to fill you in. I'm from a small sailing town on Boston's North Shore, and I ended up going to college at the University of Montana, where I mostly went there because I was very excited about the ski mountain being 20 minutes from the town. And somehow along the way, I was able to earn a Bachelor of Science in Geology. I've also lived in the Salem, Massachusetts area for the last 15 plus years. That's where our office is at Pastry. However, my wife and I have been working remotely from Hawaii during the pandemic. Well, that can't be all bad. Yeah, not too bad. (laughs) It has been really nice, definitely not without some challenges, but it has been an interesting experience, you know, working remotely, both myself and our team in, in Salem. Great. Well, let's talk about Pastry a little bit. Tell the audience what Pastry does. Sure. Pastry is a payments technology company, and we work with software companies, and we help them to monetize the payments portion of their software. And we do this while making it really fast, simple, and frictionless to accept payments. A little more about us. We've signed about 5,500 business customers and over 80 partnerships since we started. We have about 20 employees And we've been profitable every year since we started in 2005. And Greg, you asked a little bit about verticals as well. Is that right? Sure, absolutely. So we started out in the bank vertical, and that was our biggest vertical for a long time. We've signed over 70 bank partnerships. However, we've recently started working more and more with software companies. And we started that initiative in 2016. It's been a big challenge that we've taken on, and we've learned a lot along the way. And Thankfully, in the last several years, we've gained great traction in working with software companies. Right now, one of our biggest verticals in software is in unattended payments. And we've gotten into unattended payments through partnerships with software companies that put payment devices in laundromats. We've also had luck working in the interior design vertical. And that is through partnerships with designer-focused business management software. 
We're also in the tow truck fleet management vertical, and that is through software partnerships that focus on working with tow truck fleets of three or more trucks. And that's an interesting vertical for us because it's an omni-channel vertical. So we have mobile readers attaching to tablets and smartphones right in the tow trucks. These software platforms have web payments as well through a tokenized link on their invoice that is sent out to their customer. We're handling back office payments when a card number is called in over the phone. And then there's also actually face-to-face payments because a lot of these tow truck fleets have an impound lot where someone goes to pick up a vehicle and pay at the window. Okay. So pretty much omni-channel across the board, you could do any type payments. Yes, that is correct. Okay. What would you say differentiates your company from your competitors? One of the best things about Pastry is you can code to our platform and we do the rest. We have an awesome platform. A big part of it is customization. So we have the ability to deliver custom payment acceptance tools, custom device integrations, custom dashboards, We want to make it very easy for a software company to code to our platform, and we want to make it easy for them to have what they need to be successful in their vertical they're in. Oftentimes, it's a very simple copy and paste the code into their platform to make the integration work. And sometimes we're doing some back-end development to meet some very specific needs that they have. We also, Greg, we give our partners the ability to be important, which is oftentimes lost in payments. I know that you know we've both seen many of the most successful payments companies in integrated payments. They've been acquired two or three times, or they've outgrown the U.S. market, and they're focused on international expansion. And this puts Pastry in an awesome position to work with software platforms and give them a delightful customer experience where they're more than just a number. So... I think, you know, Greg, if you were a software company coding to our platform, when you decide to do business with Pastry, we know your technology roadmap, we know your payments roadmap, and we give you what you need to be successful in your vertical. Yeah, and it sounds like what you guys are working on and doing in that software world is certainly one of the places where at least I personally believe payments is heading. But what would you say is the future of payments, say, in the next two to three years? Where do you think it's headed? I completely agree, Greg. I do see the combination of software and payments continuing. It's really exciting trend in payments because as, you know, consumers and businesses, we're seeing the flow of payments become much faster and easier and friction being reduced. And we're just seeing a much easier experience transacting in our everyday lives and in our businesses. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of changes happening right now just with the pandemic, with a huge increase in contactless cards, mobile wallets. We're seeing a decline in face-to-face retail, but an increase in e-commerce. We're seeing a decline in sit-down restaurants and an increase in delivery and curbside pickups. I think some of these trends we're probably both seeing in our personal lives, but we're actually looking at the numbers and seeing our business too. And I definitely see these trends continuing over the next two to three years. I think the overall theme of the next two to three years is going to continue on frictionless and contactless. And I think companies like Pastry that can help remove hurdles and steps within the payment process are going to be successful in the future. Great. I know this next part is a little bit hard to answer, but any thoughts on a future vision out there? Maybe let's go 10 years out. 
Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. The next 10 years is going to be exciting for sure. I wish I had a crystal ball to see what's really going to happen. But we know for sure, Greg, there's going to be great innovation that's going to emerge from the current recession that we're in. And you know, when we look at companies like Uber and Airbnb that emerged from the Great Recession, these companies basically transformed the world that we live in and they set the bar much higher for frictionless payments. And it's definitely going to happen again. It'll be interesting to see what companies emerge as the biggest agents of change. I really don't know. It would be hard to bet on. But if I were to bet on it, you know, I think it's going to be the smaller, more entrepreneurial organizations that are going to have the biggest impact on the next 10 years. And, you know, I think even companies like our partner PayorPay, which is making it possible to order on your phone at a restaurant, and then you can complete the payment and tip right from your phone as well. I think companies like that are going to have a big boost from the current economic environment. And I think that's a trend that we're going to continue to see in the next two to three and 10 years. Yeah, I totally agree. This next question, I really wish that I could stop asking it, but it seems like our global pandemic is continuing on much longer than we'd all hoped. But what are you guys doing to help support your employees and your customers during this time? Sure. Pastry is was in a very fortunate position going into the pandemic. And my number one goal when I really saw conditions deteriorating is I wanted to make sure that no one person at Pastry had to suffer. And I made it very clear to the company that we're not going to have layoffs of you know one or two or three people. I'd rather take a pay cut myself or cut pay across the company so that no one person had to suffer. I'd rather everyone suffer a little bit. Pastry was in a very fortunate situation that we had a ton of liquidity going into this pandemic. And we were able to fairly quickly model out big declines in payments volume and see how that would affect our bottom line. And we really kind of modeled out worst case scenarios of 40% declines for month after month through the end of the year. And we realized we weren't going to have to let anyone go. We have a lot of investment in growing and scaling the company, and we do not want to interfere in that investment. And we certainly don't want anyone at our company, anyone on our team to suffer. We're also fortunate, Greg, in that being located in the New England area, that we're used to interruptions in business caused mostly by blizzards and snowstorms. So the president of our company, Chris Wheeler, had quite a while back set up work remote capabilities for us. And all of our employees going into the pandemic already had work remote capabilities. We already had the technology to communicate, collaborate, and work remotely. We really believe in having everyone be able to have a personal life and a work life. And really the best way to do that is if everyone on your team can work from home and really be able to do the things they need to do in their personal life and then be able to get work done when they need to get work done. Does that kind of answer your question? Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like you've built a very unique culture there and, and certainly taking care of your employees sounds like a priority for you. Absolutely. That's great. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about you personally. Tell the audience about your journey. I know you founded the company and it's been a few years. So maybe talk about maybe what you did before and then why you got into payments and then kind of, you know, up until your role today. 
Yeah, happy to fill you in, Greg. So I was a terrible student. It's, it's probably just about a miracle that I even graduated high school. However, I did. And my first job out of college, I was working in manufacturing, making sales for sailboats. And it was a super fun job. I enjoyed being hands-on. However, I really looked up to the salespeople because they were out taking clients sailing. They're having meetings and lunches and talking on the phone. And they're really kind of out and about and not, you know, just in the same place day in, day out. So that really opened my eyes to the possibility of what work could look like and how fun it could be. So it didn't take me long to leave manufacturing, especially in sailing. I grew up sailing on some small sailboats here and there. And I did love sailing, but I realized I was not going to ever be able to afford to own a sailboat if I was working in manufacturing. So I transitioned into sales and I had seen the success that my grandfather had in sales where he didn't go to college, but had a sales job and worked his way up to be the, the president of a publicly traded corporation. And that really motivated me to, to get a sales job. My father was in banking for his entire career. So when I got a job at a payments company in sales, it seemed really like an ideal fit kind of based on some of the experiences that both my father and my grandfather shared with me. And my first job in sales was actually for uh, an ISO, a uh, sub-ISO, I should say, of Retriever payment systems. And then, uh, you know, as you know, Greg, Retriever has been acquired four or five times by NPC, Vanta, WorldPay, and FIS. In any case, Greg, I loved payments. I was totally into it. I loved learning about different businesses and solving their problems. I love sales. I love being face-to-face -face with entrepreneurs and business owners and listening to the challenges they had. It was really a great fit for me. And I was reading probably five or six different trade journals every month, going to every conference I could go to. I was at that conference. And it didn't take me long to leave the company I was at and start my own payments company. In high school, I had watched my mother leave her job and start a, her own company from the kitchen table. So I had a certain comfort level with going out on my own. And I saw the types of things she did that made her company successful. So I took the leap of faith and started my own company. And at first, it was a lot of cold calling. I was doing everything. I started out as more like an independent agent than an ISO. And eventually, we transitioned to being an ISO. But you know, my number one strategy going into this with almost no budget was cold calling and taking care of my customers. I was taking their calls any time of day, night, weekends. If they wanted me on site at their location at 5 in the morning, I was there at 5 in the morning. I later on got more into networking and especially through the chambers of commerce in my local area and eventually became the president of my chamber of commerce. That was really helpful in helping to build referral partnerships with local business people. And Greg, one of the best things that happened to me since I started payments is we landed our first bank partnership, I think in 2008. And that led to us having a fairly significant bank channel with referral partnerships with over 70 banks. And then in 2016, we saw various trends happening with our bank channel, and we decided software was the place to be. And we shifted focus in 2016 to working with software partners. Okay. What year did you start the company? We started in 2005, so it's okay. been about 15 years. And did you start it by yourself or have a partner? I did. I started it by myself. I didn't have any money at the time, so I had to get a cash advance on my credit card to 
be able to pay the attorneys that helped me set up the contracts I needed to get going. Wow. It sounds like you had some entrepreneurial blood in you from your mother's side if she had started her own thing too. Absolutely. Yes. Great, great. Well, talk about some things that you're passionate about. Maybe pick one thing that's work-related and one thing that's not work-related. Yeah, happy to, Greg. I love the outdoors. I love nature. I'm huge into sports. I'm a surfer, a skier, a kiteboarder. I casually run, been into mountain biking a lot over the years, and I've even done a triathlon with my father. And I think, you know, being in the outdoors and outdoor sports have, has been one of my biggest passions over the years. What about work-related? Yeah, in terms of my work-related passions, Greg, I really love seeing talented leaders, employees take on challenges and be successful. I love success stories of all types, athletes, employees, entrepreneurs. I love connecting with people that are successful and have overcome adversity. I like learning about what makes them tick. It's very inspiring. Great. You've obviously been in the payment space for, sounds like, about 15 years. You've seen a lot of changes, obviously. That's about the same time I started in the industry. And gosh, you know, has it changed since then? I remember we used to send faxes to people. That was part of our marketing strategy was to actually fax companies. So that's how far back that goes. But, you know, today there's actually fintech courses. Some of the larger colleges and universities actually have payments-oriented courses that you you could take. And I think people are getting into payments now and see it as a career. Since you've been in it for a while, what would your advice be to someone who's just starting out in payments? Yeah, for someone who's just starting out in payments, Greg, and particularly if they're just starting out in their career, the number one piece of advice I have is work you know, show up, put in a 60 to 70 hour a week. And I really think it's unbelievable what can happen if you show up for 12 hours each day. You know, if you work from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., five or six days a week, it, it really is incredible what you can accomplish. I think one of the aspects of my personality that's helped me to be successful is my curiosity. And so I would give that advice to anyone. Just never stop asking questions and don't worry about, you know, feeling silly or like you should have known that information. You know, just really don't let anything hold you back. Don't stop asking questions. I think a thirst for knowledge is really key to keeping life and work interesting. And I think it definitely will help further your career as well. You know, read the trade publications, go to networking events, and learn about someone else's job outside of payments or outside of technology. Learn about another industry, learn about hospitality or just-in-time manufacturing. There's so many cool and exciting industries out there where I think it's important for us in the payments industry to know about a lot of other industries out there that are thriving. You know, overall, I also think getting a job in sales was really taught me a lot and a huge benefit. It teaches you to be a great communicator. You have to be in tune with your emotions and the emotions of the customer. It teaches you how to overcome rejection and how to self-reflect. You know, you have good days and bad days. And it really, you know, a job in sales, Greg, it really forces you to master the skills that are often referred to as emotional intelligence. And you know, there's data right now that shows that emotional intelligence is actually a greater indicator of professional success than IQ. So I think, you know, a sales job forces you to become mentally strong. And sales might not be the answer for everyone. But I think that if you're new in your career in payments, I think it's a great introduction to the workforce. And it really teaches you how to become strong and, and overcome challenges. 
Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So we've covered a little bit about pastry and about yourself. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? I might add a little bit about advice I'd give to other leaders or people who aspire to be leaders working in payments. I've seen a lot of different parts of my company and my job is continually changing. And we really started out as a much smaller, scrappier team to get the company off the ground. And now we're a team of leaders at scaling technology company. And I think, you know, it's important for leaders and entrepreneurs to, to, you know, to realize that the team that you need to build your company and launch it is more than likely a totally different team than you need to scale and grow your company. I think that's an important differentiation to make for any leader, even whether you're an entrepreneur or you're launching a team at a bigger established company or you're going into a new job and taking over a new team. I think it's really key to identify the skills that are going to be needed on your team. And the people that can build and launch a department or a company are way different than the people that are going to help you scale and grow your company or department. Right, right. If you don't mind, what would be the best way if people wanted to reach out to you? What would be the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, people are more than welcome to go to the pastry website and click on the link there to email the company. Uh, I'd be happy to respond. And I'm also very responsive to LinkedIn as well. It's Jonathan Arst, A-R-S-T. Great, great. All right. Anything else you want to do before we wrap up? Yeah, if you have any other questions, I'd be happy to answer. But it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Greg. And thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. And I know your time is very valuable. So I want to be sensitive to that. So thanks for being here. And I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Hey, everyone, before we go, I just wanted to remind you that Money 2020 is coming up in October, the 25th to the 28th. I'll be there and I hope to see you there. If you register, please use the discount code LIP250, LIP for Leaders in Payments. Thanks. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 